Мамбо подкаст. Here we go. So this is Mambo podcast, and uh, my name is Delgad, and uh, yeah, my name is Katenta. Yeah, I'm his I'm his mumbling partner. Great mumbling partner. Uh, first yeah, of all, okay. how yeah. are you? You know, how have you been? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, I'm fine. <laughs> and, uh, and you? How are you doing? Yeah, I've been okay. Yeah, it's okay. okay. It's mm-hmm. great that you're okay. Mm-hmm. And the. Uh, uh, you know, I'd like to ask you about the. Uh, now it's winter outside. Sorry for sort of a stereotypical question, but how are you? How are you doing with winter? Um, well, well, I've. It's um, anyway, like I always tell people, you know, it's. I, mean, I think winter is something beautiful, absolutely beautiful to look at. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not well, not the most comfortable thing to be in. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess I've had, I've had plenty of time to sort of get used to, to winter conditions. Although it's not something you really get used to 100%, yeah, but, um, you know, it's okay. I I at least know what to do. I at least know how to handle it. Yeah. Oh, wow, great that you are so used to, you know, you, you, you've got used to um, dealing with winter because, as you know, I'm not from Russia. I mean, from I'm kind of talking about territory. Yes, I'm from Russia, but I was born in the Republic of Dagestan, which yes, is I guess south so. of, mm-hmm. and uh, winters, you know, they aren't as cold as they are here. I mean, an average the temperature is about maybe plus ten, twelve, or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, but for me it was much harder to get used to. Although I've been here for about maybe twenty years, uh, Bill, it, it was much harder to get used to. But it's great that you are, you know what you should do and shouldn't. Yeah. Um, so and uh, you know I'd like to I I, I uh, as I told you before that uh, your language I mean Russian language is beautiful uh, it's great that you can speak because as you know Russia Russian lang- the Russian language is one of the difficult languages in the world pretty difficult yeah <laughs> I can tell you that from experience <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, as I told like it's a sort of a um, initially you thought it's like a, Alien language or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I actually mentioned that when we were talking about it the other night, yes. Uh-huh. Um, that, uh, although it's, it's been a while and I've, um, you know, I've spoken it for so long that it's kind of... I, I'm slowly forgetting what it was like to not understand it. But I still have... Um, but I still do uh, sort of have memories. And, um, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, I mentioned earlier that it... It it sort of sounds like an alien language of sorts, mm-hmm. yeah, like like kind of aliens are talking, yeah. you know, back and forth to each other. Great. Yeah, and I ask you on purpose, like today, I'd like to discuss um, l- learning languages, you know, and uh, you've got this sort of uh, your own experience and what it's like learning a new language and uh, what you did and what you do maybe today to master it, you know, to make it better because, as you know, it's a um, learning language is sort of a life run right if you can say so yeah 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 uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and um uh, do you think that yeah, there are some people who are born with a gift for languages wow that's a good question um i think that well i wouldn't call it born with a gift for languages mm-hmm. uh, unless we're being extremely colloquial 
Uh, I wouldn't say born with a gift for languages, but I'd say that some people are definitely um, better predisposed. Um, okay. You know, we could say genetically uh, okay. better predisposed to um, you know acquiring certain skills. And everybody's got different pre predispositions. You know, somebody, uh, some people could be um, you know you know better adjusted towards um, athletic accomplishments. Okay. Yeah, some people could be better as um, you know, learning languages, yeah, and all sorts of different things. You know, we all have our talents and predispositions. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I I would definitely say that yeah, some people are, you know, in some way better equipped for certain things, and um, learning languages um, it isn't. Yeah, it's it's no exception. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. You know, but I used to think that it's not something special. I mean, I didn't used to consider it as a, as a kind of um, talent, I would say, or uh, like, uh, as you said, um, if you are predisposed to mm -hmm. this or not. Because I thought if you do your best, if you are sort of um, committed, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you're likely to achieve something. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And that's why I prefer, that's why I prefer to use the word predisposition um, as opposed to, for example, the word talent or just um, natural um, kind of ability or gift or whatever because um, um, the idea the idea of predisposition simply means that um, some for some people it'll it would simply require more effort than mm -hmm. for others yeah but you can still get there if you put the effort it's just that some people or for some people it would requ it would require less effort mm -hmm. yeah and um, that's pretty much it yeah um, Okay. Yeah, totally so. But now um, let's let's uh, get it straight. And uh, I'd like you maybe you know I'd like to do, like like it was. Um, I remember being a student and uh, studying at uni. Uh, we had this opportunity to learn language. I mean the English language, and mm -hmm. uh, we were kind of had to go through these common stages from beginners to elementary, you know, yeah, to yeah. intermediate, mm -hmm. intermediate students, yeah. and we were taking exams mm -hmm. to prove that we were ready to step forward yeah um what about you what was it like i mean what 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 was your experience with learning let's let's i mean i i wouldn't uh, to i wouldn't um, um specify that it's a russian, a russian language or something i think there is a kind of kind of general yeah a kind of commonality yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, what was it like and uh, what can you tell me it really works and what doesn't regarding maybe modern uh, methodological, not pedagogical, I would say, and the and some methods, you know, uh, regarding learning languages. Right. Yeah. Well, as far as um, my experience is concerned, yeah, with learning the language, um, yeah, it's really interesting because it gives me the chance to kind of um, reminisce a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, me and my friends came over to Russia, well, uh -huh. completely sterile. Mm. As far as the language is as far as the language is concerned. Okay. I mean, there was a center. A kind of um, prepar a preparatory center, you know, right in the capital city of my country, and um, it did provide lessons, like Russian lessons. Um, some people went there. You paid a certain so people paid a, a certain amount of money. But sorry, were they natives, like uh, people from Russia? Uh, no. Mo um, so every once in a while, they they would invite um, okay. people from Russia. Yeah, but the people who worked there were actually. Um, well, mostly people like me, you know, who studied there, went back and, uh, 
yeah, and just decided to help out. Okay. You know, um, you know, future students. Yeah, and so they would they would learn basic stuff like the alphabet and so on and so forth. Uh, well, I personally didn't go there, but um, it it didn't put it didn't put them at a considerable advantage. Like, um, you know, it's we we all came here and realized it's a completely different ball game. Yeah, okay. and so wow. yeah, well, yeah, we got we got here and um, you know we got help from various people to you know to get by. You know when we couldn't communicate at all. Yeah, then, of course, we got to learning the language. Yeah, we started learning the language. And um, I still remember her, her name. Yeah, um, we had Natalia, uh, Natalia Alexandrovna. Okay, yeah. Natalia Alexandrovna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. who was um, an absolutely wonderful teacher. Okay. Yeah. And, sorry, correct me if I'm wrong, she wasn't there in Africa, right, helping... No, no, yeah. Well, that, she, no, she, she was... Um, no, that was when we got ah, here. Yeah, here, uh-huh. okay, yeah. Russia. Yeah, and yeah. she was the first person who helped you, right, to show you around, to... Well, she was, a, she was our things. Russian teacher at the university. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tula State University, or yeah. Tula Pedagogical? The Tula State. Okay, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was our Russian language teacher at the university. Yeah, yeah, an absolutely wonderful teacher. And, um, yeah, and it's it was interesting with us because, um, you know, like I always say, it's kind of different when... So you talked about learning English, right? Mm-hmm. So you were in a position where you had to learn English while still being here in Russia. And um, it's kind of like, okay, so you learn the language in class, but then you leave class and you don't really get the chance to practice very much, sure. right? Yeah, which kind of um, elongates the process. But um, in our situation, it was, it was kind of... Um, it was a sort of... It was a kind of, it was almost a survival situation, you know, like being thrown into into the jungle or something like yeah. that. And it's like, hey, yeah, you know, use whatever you can to survive. Because, yeah, we, we, we were learning um, not only to eventually use the language to pass tests and all that. We were learning the language, you know, just to live. I mm-hmm. mean, even, you know, having left class, mm-hmm. we, we would still have to go to the market, go to the shops, mm-hmm. buy things actively communicate in Russian, so, yeah, mm. whatever we learned in class, we had to actively use 24-7, yeah, and that's what, um, because people wonder, how come, you know, within a year, you know, foreign students are kind of able to speak Russian, and yeah, that's precisely the reason, because we're learning the language within the environment within which the language is spoken, and okay. so, yeah, you're kind of forced to, to to be quick about it. Yeah, you know, to be honest, uh, that uh, method that you were talking about so far is uh, reminded me that method known as uh, um, it's a sort of a common method uh, teaching swimming. Do you know that? When ah, well, you, you throw the leaf. Yeah, you into, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know water, just a <laughs> swimming pool, and if you want to leave, you will you will kind of I don't know in a second. <laughs> find out new ways to, you know, to yeah swim. yeah uh-huh. your survival instincts will just sure. kick in naturally yeah you, you do you end up doing things that you didn't even know you could do yeah, yeah. that's 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 the perfect um, kind of metaphor actually <laughs> yeah uh-huh. Uh-huh. we were just we were thrown into the pool yeah we were thrown into the water and we had we almost had no choice but to adapt yeah sure uh-huh yeah and uh, Things that you know, it's uh, it's even known as uh, immersive method. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about that? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. something that you are, you know, in at in, in at some school at in the US and in the UK, as far as I know, uh, students are exposed to different subjects. Let's say I'm studying English, for example, but besides studying English, uh, literally, I can also study art, literature, you know, music and stuff mm -hmm. in English. Yeah. And it helps me to proliferate, I mean, with yeah. my knowledge, you know, across different subjects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, I heard that, um, yeah, that's... Uh, I was reading about school in, um, I think, Finland. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's pretty much the way things go as well. Um, the All the subjects are very integrated, mm -hmm. yeah, and knowledge acquired in one subject is often applied to other subjects and mm -hmm. yeah their their system is very integral mm -hmm. yeah yeah and um so talking about that sphere like okay regarding um uh, you, what you said earlier uh that you were thrown into that jungle yeah. right and you mm -hmm. had to survive uh, i mean metaphorically yeah, yeah, yeah. um don't you think that it's uh, the most practical way yeah, I think it absolutely is, and I think, um, yeah, it's it's shown itself to be effective time and time again. Uh, I guess the only, um, I, I guess the only drawback is that um, it's kind of, it's a method that's difficult to implement, because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, well, not everybody can afford, can afford themselves the opportunity to, uh, for instance, go to another country, mm -hmm. and yeah, you know, to completely immerse yourself into something, um, well... Well, it requires certain resources that um, uh, that, are, that aren't always that aren't always readily available. Uh -huh, yeah. I see. Uh, yeah. Well, and uh, okay. On the other hand, so here we are in Russia, and there are lots of people learning other languages, right? And as you know, Russia is a monolingual country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. And uh, you, yeah, if you do not sort of create this environment around yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, this like micro-universe around uh -huh. yourself. Micro-universe, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, which you are involved in and uh, it helps you to improve your, enhance better to say, your um, speaking, yeah. listening and uh, let's say even reading skills. Um, what can you, yeah, regarding again that microsphere, how can it be built in a proper exactly. way? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I, I suppose that's the, that's the, the logical next question, you know, uh -huh. how can you, um, because you know, the the universe was kind of built on our behalf since we uh -huh. were you, you know we were sent here to study yeah but i guess the logical next question is how can you build this micro universe by yourself yeah especially when you're um in an environment where um well yeah for instance you know to be more concrete you're in russia and let's say you're trying to learn english yeah. and yeah not a lot of english is spoken around you and so on and so forth yeah so you're kind of um Faced with the task of creating and building this micro universe by yourself, yeah. And let, while you are thinking, let me share with my experience. Yeah. And this, I, 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 and like you did, I had that experience on my own, and I still have because I still live in Russia. Mm -hmm. um, it was like, uh, again, I, you know, I don't know why, but I, I got that point right at the beginning of learning English. I mean, I started with a with a tutor. And I had two classes a week uh, with her then. Um, I tried to surround myself with all that English stuff. I used to work at the restaurant as a bartender. And uh, there were some guests from, um, from, you know, from like US, Canada, or maybe some, some countries like English-spoken countries. And I'd never passed up a chance to, to speak to them, you know, just even for, I don't know, for something which is absolutely like um, 
let's say, um, useless, I would say, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, regarding them, like, they, like, uh, I, I was asking, like, how are we doing, you know, where from, or something like that. And for me, it was a, that challenge which I had to go through to throw um, myself into that environment because even within these five minutes we had our conversation, it was really like I'm somewhere, not in Russia, because, you know, I the only language I could use, it was English, and I had to do my best to explain them who I am, what I want <laughs> from them, and so on. Uh, and then I tried to uh, join some speaking clubs, here in, again in our town um, because again it's another opportunity to surround yourself with that micro it's another kind of element of your micro uh, universe you know yeah, yeah and uh, finally I guess it helped me to sort of again enhance my uh, speaking skills is uh, watching different stuff no, even speaking out the understanding of a language watching different stuff on YouTube on Netflix and stuff mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, that yeah. was that was like that was your experience. Yeah, that yeah. was my experience. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I, 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 it's. I, I guess the yeah the goal ultimately is to kind of, well that's why the method that's why the method is called immersive. You know, you, uh-huh. to kind, you have to kind of immerse yourself in some way, and yeah, um, um, yeah, I like um. Yeah, the approach you took at the beginning, that's kind of not passing up any any opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, to speak English, yeah, because, you know, they're, they're few and far between, you know, they're, uh, so each and every one of them is precious, mm-hmm. yeah, and should, be, and should be treated as such, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and, um, yeah, you know, and I guess obviously um, at some point you're going to have to start, you know, um, taking in different inputs, um, different forms of media yeah let's say you know listening to music and so on and so forth and i guess um it should be tailor it should be tailor made to your interests so okay. i guess if you're kind of if you're the kind of person who's interested in in um in comedy for example okay yeah it should be like hey you know like why don't you try listening to some english um speaking uh-huh. comedians yeah you know see what kind of experience you get okay. um if you're the kind of person who's interested in reading books right it's like, hey, you know, um, yeah, you know, why don't you try reading some English books, you know, get some, uh, get some people to recommend, because yeah, with books, it's kind of like, I, I know a lot of people who've had bad experiences with like, hey, let me try an English book, and then they get, um, I don't know, they get something like Charles Dickens or something, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't understand anything, and then, sure. yeah, and then, then. And they <laughs> feel like, you know, that they are absolutely, um, kind of, they aren't predisposed to that exactly stuff. yeah 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 they get um they get demo- you get demoralized sure. really quickly yeah with, with that kind of thing yeah so it's important to have a you know a buddy yeah <laughs> to yeah to kind of um to kind of guide you through i suppose so. don't you think it's um to these days although we've got a lot of uh, sources to, to where we can get information from it's more it's getting more and more personalized I mean that way of learning languages. It's getting more and more personalized, like, mm-hmm. and it maybe it's been it, it it it's like it's always been uh, personalized. But I don't know. To my mind, it like I re- noticed that fairly recently that you, no matter whether you're working with a tutor or maybe you're learning on your own or you're attending uh, online school or maybe offline, 
anyway, it ends up being personalized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it always ends up being personalized. Yeah, uh -huh. mm -hmm. because um, as far as information, as far as the um, just you know the 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 as far as the sheer volume of information is concerned, yeah, it's all there, and it's just um, it's all there. It's all available somewhere, uh -huh. and in its just its its vastness, right? But wow. um, yeah, so the all that's left is to personalize it. I remember um, I attended a, a historical school. Uh, well, it was kind of like a you know a set of exhibitions, um, okay. lectures, and yeah, I remember. So the prog the progression of history, uh, well, has sort of kind of been like this. Um, at some point, you know, before we had writing systems, right? It was the most important person was obviously the person who had um, lots and lots of knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. Who could retain, who could retain vast amounts of knowledge mm -hmm. and impart it on other people. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, it just so happened that, let's say, you have this guy, right, who has so much knowledge in his head, right? Mm, gets killed for some, for some reason, okay. yeah. Something happens to that person. And, you know, um, it was such a terrible waste, right? So you have all this knowledge, right, in yeah, one person's good. brain, and the person, yeah, dies or whatever, yeah. And so that kind of, that sort of thing forced people to develop writing systems, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, these knowledgeable people can kind of code this information, yeah. Because you can sort of ascribe this information onto, yeah, onto papyrus and later onto pieces of paper, yeah. So the knowledge ends up, um, you know, lasting longer periods of time. And then what happened? And then our written knowledge um, ended up accumulating over time, yeah. And then we ended up getting the internet and... We now have a kind of, um, well, it's up in the clouds almost, yeah. So we have this mysterious kind of database okay. where all, you know, practically all knowledge, all information that humanity has accumulated over time yeah. is kind of stored, yeah. Oh, all right, I so... Like a huge eye cloud there. <laughs> exactly, yeah, just this huge cloud, yeah, uh -huh. that kind of stores all the, all the information that humanity's... Yeah, we've been accumulating it for centuries. Exactly, for centuries, yeah, mm -hmm. and... We now have it in this vast, you know, mysterious cloud. All right, so now what? Okay, so now what? So now um, it's not as necessary as it was before mm -hmm. to have all this information, um, you know, in somebody's head, right? Because it's all there, you know, it's all available. So whereas once upon a time, the most important person was the person who could store vast amounts of knowledge and information... Now, the most important person is the person who can kind of separate the... Um, because, like we said, all the information is stored. and um, So, obviously, we have information that's useful, and then we have a, a, whole, lot of, yeah, a whole lot of useless information. Uh -huh. yeah. And, like, the whole... All of it in its totality is there. So, now the most important person is actually the person who understands... who understands the topic well enough to separate what's useful from what's not useful. Yeah, yeah, totally so. That and that goes beyond language. Like that extends to absolutely all to all spheres mm -hmm. of life. Yeah, it's like um, really the most in, the, the most important person in any sphere is a, is the person who can yeah manage it properly. Exactly, who can manage it properly. Yeah, mm -hmm. who can 
separate what's useful from what's not useful. Yeah, and that was an interesting idea. Yeah, it kind of. And are you good at it, by the way? <laughs> are you good at managing uh, that what useful information from? To be honest, I'm not. <laughs> I'm so. Um, I'm doing my best, but I honestly speaking, really, I'm not good at. To my mind, it's always difficult because you know you. First of all, you might be easily addicted, as I am, and uh, to social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, social media one of the sort of it's a main source of useless information as a, as a rule. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying that there is only useless, but you know, as it is a sort of a, um, a hot spot for a lot of people, and you're likely to face something useless there. Um, and uh, as for useful. Um, I don't know, really, as I'm pretty bad. But it also, I'd like to say that sometimes I feel that need, sort of, um, you know, even even uh, it's like uh, I'm I, I'm getting thirsty for useless 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 information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, you you kind of yeah develop um, yeah almost like a thirst for you for useless information. Yeah, and yeah. do you I do you have do you feel me in that way? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I I relate to what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. It's um. I guess it has it has something to do with. I actually think it's um, what you're talking about is actually pretty universal because what's happening is that um, you know because with the with the changes in the way information is presented, mm-hmm. you know, our brains that are not stagnant, right? They mm-hmm. react to it and adjust themselves accordingly. So um, our brains are kind of um, becoming more becoming more um, receptive to, you know, kind of short bursts of, you know, quick kind of sound bites um, mm-hmm. information that's okay. for the most part, um, well, for the most part, pretty useless. Yeah, it's like, uh, I remember, yeah, there were, I was always amazed at how, well, people in the past, you know, um, you know, once they knew something, they, um, like they knew it, like they they really, they really yeah, knew they it. Yeah, they kept it in really, mind. Yeah, you know? it was really up there. Yeah, now yeah, it's like the modern person's, you know, the the modern internet human being's brain is kind of, um, yeah, it's 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 used to receiving information. Well, lots of information because there's you know the internet is has got so much information. Lots of information in little bits and pieces. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you check something on Facebook. Maybe it's a five-minute video, right? You look, you look at thirty seconds of it, then <laughs> you switch to Instagram. Look at another, yeah. look at another one, yeah. And um, yeah, our attention spans just keep getting lower and lower, uh-huh. yeah. And um, yeah, so we've just, yeah, our it's like our brains are actually changing. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're just, uh, you know, yeah, and I we we are currently experiencing this. Um, uh, changing, which yeah. which happening right mm-hmm. now in our minds, because I'm sure, like over, like in in hundred years time, um, it will be something common, you know, that you switch and you think so fast, you mm-hmm. accept information so fast, that it's, 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 it's it would be weird to think that wow, you spend so much time reading something. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, you know. mm-hmm. yeah. Well, great. Mm. What else? So, and I'd like to discuss now, you know, something that you find useless regarding learning languages. Like, which ways would not you, or let's say what ways, maybe there are some, what ways would not you recommend personally 
to try uh, or to follow when it comes to uh, learning languages. And I can start, to my mind, this is watching something with subtitles and uh, these subtitles, subtitles are on your mother tongue. I yeah, guess yeah. it's uh, totally useless, you know, when you watch something in English and you've got the subtitles in Russian and you feel like it's... Your mind, I, I guess, gets a little bit cracked, like what's going on, what language should I use? Just yeah, and eventually, eventually you'll, you'll just reach a point where um, you're, you're actually just reading the subtitles mm -hmm. and then what the people are saying becomes a kind of... A kind of blur, you know, yeah, like a yeah, kind yeah. of um, <laughs> like a background, yeah, yeah and like some nice white noise, yeah, like uh -huh. some background noise, yeah, mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. So that's what I think and what I find not completely but pretty useless. Uh, but again, if there are some individuals who find this way pretty eff efficient and effective, then yeah, I mean, great. whatever works for you, yeah, but let's say you wouldn't recommend it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes, I wouldn't, and you, well, hmm. It's a tough question. Isn't it? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, never actually thought about it um, because it's so. Um, yeah, you know, like you, you know, like you mentioned, it's it's really there's a really individualistic aspect in that. You know, what works for some, what works for one person could be, you know, the jackpot for another mm -hmm. person. And yeah, um, yeah, I um, some people try to. Um, well, I guess, yeah, back to the example about reading books, yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, not that I wouldn't recommend it, but I, you have to be very careful with it, yeah, because like we mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, so uh, there are some books, again, as you know, first of all, that language is uh, something changing, uh, something ever changing, yeah. right, and mm -hmm. uh, something that it was written, let's say, talking about Charles Dickens, and uh, his books were written maybe two, 200 years mm -hmm. ago, and mm -hmm. uh, back those the, those days... That language is completely different comparing to this one, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's why you should be careful. You should be that. very careful. Yeah. You should tread those waters very carefully. And yeah, if you're going to, you know, embark on the endeavor of, of you know, reading books in uh -huh. a, in um, yeah, in in the language that you're trying to learn, yeah, you have to, you know, take it step by step. And um, I guess it's better to have somebody to sort of, um, yeah, to sort of, yeah let you know what's worth reading, mm -hmm. um, taking into account your particular level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And also another thing that just um, um, came to my mind is that um, translating. I mean, there are some students who I work with and, um, and I've, I've seen many people at uni as well um, who were, tend to uh, translate each word they... they you know, like that came across. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. it might be, to my mind, again, it might work uh, if, if we deal with uh, some difficult words, let's say, or some collocations which might be difficult to understand at the beginning, but I wouldn't recommend, again, personally, to write each word down and uh, translate it into Russian, talking about Russian mm -hmm. or yeah. Spanish, Chinese, mm -hmm. whatever. I guess because the main point of being able to speak fluently is to start thinking right the yeah. language that you are learning yeah uh-huh yeah absolutely right yeah and you've yeah you've actually reminded me of of, of something yeah so uh -huh. yeah talking about translations yeah and the um, and this yeah i could i could even be categorical about it yeah uh -huh. it's it's a big mistake to try and um well a, a lot of people are very quick to to search for direct translations uh -huh. for things like you know um 
yeah, how would you say this in Russian? You know, that's kind of the first thing sure. that comes to mind. Sure. Yeah, and it, um, I mean, that has its, um, it that that kind of thing has its place. Yeah, it has its, um, it has, it has its benefits. It has mm-hmm. its possible benefits, but even when doing that, you should always keep in mind that the ultimate goal is to learn to think in that particular language, in the language that you're trying to learn. Yeah, try, try and get your head. Kind of wrap your head around the the internal logic of that mm-hmm. language, yeah, because sure. um, otherwise you end up um, you end up basically speaking Russian using English words. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. the biggest problem that people, I mean, English learners have when it comes to uh, yeah, you know, switching their mind to English. Because to my mind, again, it it works only when you just force yourself. Remember the words only in English, like you know a word and you know uh, what it means in English, so you shouldn't just translate it into Russian or again uh, any other language mm-hmm. that you yeah. uh, that your mother tongue is and uh, that it helps you to start thinking then like over some time after a while you start thinking and uh, those words they they come into play and help you right speak properly, speak fluently and then you just need to master. Uh, that stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even and um, it's it's interesting how this happen. It's interesting how this happens, uh, especially with uh, children's education. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it quite nice actually that um, you know a lot of a lot of children, because well, a lot of pro- professional you know pedagogues actually recommend. Well, when educating children, especially of a very young age, you know that critical age when. Um, I don't even know how they achieve this, but they say there are actually methods, you know, by which you can teach young children. Um, well, let's take English for example, you know, without even you, without using Russian at, at all, like during the during lessons. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, I find it quite amazing, and it it quite it happens, it happens quite often that I was told this, and I think it's incredible. Quite often it happens that children encounter certain certain words and certain concepts in English for the first time. So, for example, like um, a child can know, for example, what a kiwi is, it, having encountered it in English without actually ever, mm. yeah, without actually ever hearing it in Russian. Wow. Yeah, so like, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And I, I think that's really cool, yeah, because like you, uh, it's a sign that, you know, you're approaching a language, you know, from within its own terms. Yeah, from okay. its from within its own domain. Yeah, got um, it. You know, uh, yeah. So um, now you're just. Uh, this is sort of a, the next question which I'd like to ask you. I think again, as for these, um, those like uh, let's say tips that you regarding what you shouldn't try doing, um, and uh, those tips which might not help you um, learning. Uh, foreign languages like translating literally or constantly then uh, watching something with subtitles right and then uh, what else there was uh, we talked about books as well and, books you know, yeah being careful uh-huh. with that uh-huh. sure yeah. like um, irrelevant books I would say Can yeah irre- so? irrelevant for your uh-huh. um, yeah, understanding like, uh, yeah unnecessary for your yeah for your level and for your yeah uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah and now I'd like to discuss with you that stuff that you broached it's um teaching kids and they you know there is a sort of a notion as early as you start teaching your kids a foreign language the more 
like now, but it's say the earlier you start teaching them, the more they will get, the more advanced they will be, I don't know, when they achieve their adulthood or maybe uh, teenagehood, let's say even. Do you think so? Well, I think that, um, well, there, there are what we call critical periods mm -hmm. yeah, in... Um, Four-year-old? Yeah, yeah. So they're, yeah, they're critical periods as we refer to them in yeah in in the sciences. Where um, yeah, I think from the let's say the ages two to four, yeah, because um, you're teaching a child a language in correspondence with them um, starting to develop their mm -hmm. exactly their um, speech apparatus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're teaching them a language in correspondence with the development of their speech apparatus. So obviously that puts you at a considerable advantage. So mm -hmm. I think it's true that, yeah, if you, um, you know, there are certain things, I mean, and I think this is well, it's, it's quite well documented actually, that even, um, even concerning other things, like if you didn't learn how to, let's say, um, I don't know, ride a bicycle mm -hmm. at a certain age, mm -hmm. it becomes kind of difficult to, to, um, to pick, you know, to pick up on it um, as an Later adult on. yeah exactly okay. as an adult and yeah so um, I think there are certain critical periods when uh, the time is particularly ideal or fertile mm -hmm. for picking up on a certain skill yeah and I think that languages that applies to languages as well yeah it's 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 a good idea to start early okay yeah but um, yeah I do agree with you but on the other hand, there is a you need we take we should take into account the fact that children should be exposed to certain way of teaching. You know, mm -hmm, I mean mm -hmm. certain like methods, as you uh, mentioned earlier, when uh, they should be kind of professional who can work with them, can uh, get the point across you know properly, so that kids can understand what they do there. Because to my mind, usually it ends up being just a an activity, you know, yeah, just yeah, a hobby, absolutely, yeah. like mm -hmm. swimming, you know, mm -hmm. or, I don't know, football, nothing mm -hmm. more. And they, then, um, unfortunately, again, in my own opinion, maybe I'm wrong there, um, like uh, after a while, they end up forgetting totally what they were taught earlier, you know, if they aren't uh, taught properly again. Yeah, 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 absolutely right. Like yeah. if you mm -hmm. just tell them, this is red, this is yellow, keep that in mind. Yeah. You know? Although it's it's interesting, it's interesting, Dolgat, because um, uh, to bring, yeah, I guess to bring up a, um, a situation that's that's kind of close to home, uh -huh. um, there, all right, so you know as well as I do that um, in Africa there's a, a rather complicated linguistic um, uh, Majority situation. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah, and... Um, okay, so in my country, Zambia, for instance, okay. um, all right, so English is the official language, right? Um, so meaning that all education is carried out in English or formal business is carried out in English and so on and so forth, yeah. But um, people, well, a good number of people can still speak their local languages. Um, okay. And it's funny that um, children start to speak their local languages at that particular age, between like between two and four, like right before they go to school, mm -hmm. right before they go to school, 
And um, then when they go to school, they start to learn English. Yeah. But um, it's that particular small window period from like the ages of two to four before they start going to school mm -hmm. where, yeah, they pick up on the local language. Yeah. Speak with their friends, their parents at home. Yeah. And then, um, and then it, um, it sticks with them. Yeah. Pretty much, um, you know, pretty much throughout. And mm. the, the most interesting part is for people who like for me, um, during that age, right? Like two to four, I, um, like I personally didn't speak, um, I didn't speak the local language. Um, I spoke English at that time. Yeah. With my parents and so on and so forth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's why I didn't really pick up on the local language. Um, yeah. So I don't speak it as proficiently as other people. Yeah. Okay. Because, and so, yeah, it's, it's a kind of interesting phenomenon where people who didn't really speak the local language during that period. Uh -huh. Yeah. End up not really being able to speak it very well in adulthood. Yeah. yeah and yeah. So that's, and that's kind of an interesting thing to, Sure, and I had similar experience. You know? uh -huh. As yeah. you know, there was in the public, uh, in my in my kind of home home republic, let's say hometown, yeah. mm -hmm. there are officially up to sixty languages. You know, yeah, and they, like these minor languages that yeah, people yeah, yeah. speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the sort of official language is Russian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, and uh, as you said, like, okay, oh, yeah, uh, we're kind of we're in the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're in the same situation, uh -huh. basically. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but thanks to my, I'm pretty thankful to my kind of grandma and my mom and dad, we were talking my mother tongue, like at home. And, uh, I, and also what was, I think, a good sort of a decision. Uh, when I started at school, I started that till the, the fourth grade. Mm -hmm. uh, we were divided into different groups. And uh, we had uh, at least maybe one or two classes a week with our mother tongue you know like I was taught certain language because I, I I mean before applying for to a school you had to fill in that form like where you had to uh, prove if you speak uh, one language second third you know like uh, there are different languages like Azerbaijani yeah Afwari, and then and so on and so forth and uh, then, depending on that, they, they were divided into a certain group. Mm -hmm. And uh, you were taught that language so that you could keep it. And uh, it, it, by this, I, they, they are trying to protect that language, these yeah, yeah, yeah. minor uh -huh. languages, you know. Yeah. Because there is a huge exposure of uh, Russian. It's used everywhere and it's so easy to forget your mother tongue. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And um, uh, thanks to my, yes, I said, relatives, we were like, again... Um, as a child, as I said earlier, it's a really important to um, to work with a professional. I mean, yeah. as a teacher, because as a child you are quite spoiled, you are quite moody. I mean, you know, because there is m far more interesting things than than language. Yeah, it's yeah. so boring to see, to read, to listen, to speak, or something, yeah. right? Um, and uh, and I wasn't an exception. I was pretty bored uh, taking part in these classes, and uh, I didn't like it at all. And then, um, but again, thanks to my relatives, the, I was, I, I was able to practice that at home, speaking, listening, and I still remember that language. So although that here I am Rush, I'm in, in Russia and uh, I mean, in a central part in Tula and uh, there yeah. is no opportunity to talk to people yeah, yeah, yeah. at all, you know, 
at least to my mom, I mean. But yeah, and I still keep that in mind and it still helps me and it still kind of differs me and it reminds me of my culture, my background, yeah. where I was kind of, mm, which I was, I would say, inculcated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, another thing I'd like to, but by the way, I've got a question. Mm, do you think it's possible to, again, although you are young, right, you child and with that uh, critical age, as you said, right, yeah, let's yeah, say yeah. four mm-hmm. or five, or uh, is that possible to raise a child within a, um, let's say, bilingual family, let's say you speak English, for example, and your wife speaks uh, Chinese, Spanish, Russian, whatever, and is that possible to raise a child being bilingual within a family? Yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah, it, I get, not, not only is it possible, but I think it's actually been, uh-huh. um, it's actually been achieved a, a couple of times, yeah, uh-huh. it's, um, yeah, there are lots of children actually raised in, in, in bilingual families, and yeah. And, and mm. how do you think it should be done? Like, should you just talk to a child who is two or three year old, something in English, and uh, expecting one day he uh, or she will understand you? It's um, it's yeah, it's an interesting question. I uh-huh. I I actually I, I think you've never thought about that. I, yeah, and I I I'm just as um, you know, I'm I'm equally in awe of how um. Of how this of how this happens, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm equally amazed by okay, it. Yeah, so. I just which made me come to the conclusion that I don't know certain magical things happen between you know within that short um, window. Bit, yeah, within that short window. Yeah, because I think um, you know a child's mind at that point is very um, very flexible. It's still very flexible. Still very. Um, like a like a sponge. Exactly, it's like a sponge, yeah, uh-huh. like a white board, you know, and you're uh-huh. kind of throwing all sorts of different, um, yeah, you know, different paints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you make that yeah. picture. Exactly, yeah, and you're, you're forming a picture, and then, yeah, at some point, but the picture gets sort of completed, and then, yeah, trying to, yeah, then trying to change something becomes, <laughs> becomes very difficult, and it, um, well, requires a lot of effort, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that that window period is actually very special, a very special time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I see. Yeah. Cool. So um, so far we've been speaking for about for about uh, and yeah for about forty six forty seven minutes. Yeah. And yeah. I'd like to you know I I was thinking of that quick fire as you told me again the other. Oh right. The other yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I'd like you to think of some metaphors that you find really helpful to English learners and to share with. Let's say, yeah, it's kind of a challenge for you. Uh, sorry, it's not going to be a challenge for me because I know what <laughs> metaphors I'm going to use. I mean, some collocations or metaphors that you find really uh, maybe kind of commonplace or common, you know, and uh, that lots of native speakers use these collocations. Or, because um, I was like a told, I would say, that um, there are some metaphors which no longer uh, common, like it's not a cup of, not, it's not my cup of tea. Today, I don't know, but for some reason it's not considered to be as a nice metaphor, you know, to see that it's not your thing. Yeah, it's better to say just, uh, it's not my thing. It's not my thing, yeah. Because it sounds, if you say like it's not my cup of tea, it's something, it sounds something uh, from 20th century, you know. Ah, a bit archaic, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, 
to my mind it's uh, the metaphor which I like uh, or collocation it's uh, when something goes hand in hand with something like it goes ah, go hand in hand hand uh -huh. in hand yeah with that like culture goes hand in hand with language mm -hmm. you know it's something really kind of um, capacious I would say and clear mm -hmm. The next thing that I would say it's like uh, oh it keeps me on my toys ah keeps me on my toes yeah uh -huh. mm -hmm. toes yeah. yeah something that like I um, having three kids keep me on my toes yeah you know? yeah mm -hmm. yeah it keeps me on high alert you can also say oh uh, keeps me on my on high alert ah uh, yeah keeps yeah. me on my on on high alert yeah yeah sure mm -hmm. and the the third one is um, oh another like uh, you can order whatever you want uh, the company puts the bill. Ah, put the bill. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Put mm -hmm. the bill. Yeah. yeah. It means mm -hmm. that they are going to pay for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's also very common to say it's on the house. On yeah. that house. On the house. On the house. Yeah. Yeah. So if um if we go to a bar together or something like that and um order whatever you want. Or yeah. 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 Like if you if you say um yeah like you guys can order whatever you want yeah it's on the house meaning it's on the house yeah wow. meaning the bill is basically on the um. Well, somebody's taken the responsibility uh -huh, to pay uh -huh, the bill. Yeah, it. it's on the house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, I haven't heard that to be honest. On the house. Okay, so your turn now. Right. Hmm. Challenge. <laughs> yeah, bit of a challenge. challenge yeah, podcast. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm. I let me try and. Um, I oh, think. That, sorry, uh -huh. for say yeah. something. I'll try to guess. Ah, ah, okay. Let's see. Let's say um, I'll try and. All right. Since you know, being a native speaker and stuff, I, I think most people are very familiar with the with the collocations and metaphors that you tend to find like in textbooks and and stuff like that. Uh -huh. So, yeah, I guess I'll try and um, mm, I'll introduce some that that are really modern, like that that you're more likely to find on the internet okay. and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, as maybe you know, um, like the black American community has actually been probably, they've probably been the leaders right now when it comes to contributing um, uh -huh. new phrases and stuff like that uh -huh, to the English uh -huh. language. Yeah, wow. that's an interesting thing to take note of. Okay, so, um, okay, I'll start with an easy one. Yeah, the, um, I li I've always liked the expression to be on the cutting edge. Cutting edge. Yeah, to be on the cutting edge. Yeah. Oh, isn't something on being on a cutting edge? It's something advanced, isn't it? Like cutting edge technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. to be on a cutting edge means to be like uh, up to date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. right. Am I right? Yeah, like to be really to be, yeah, to be up to date. Like to be, you know, on the cutting edge. To be right where the <laughs> right where the action is. Yeah, like. Let's say uh, talking about learning languages or talking about methods that we apply. Mm -hmm. I'm on a cutting edge. I know which yeah, methods yeah. Uh -huh. are yeah. really kind of modern these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Like I, I'm on the cutting edge when it comes to, yeah, to languages and resources. Um, yeah, for learning mm -hmm. languages. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You could also use it to describe um, things, to describe objects. Yeah, like this is cutting edge technology. Okay. Meaning that yeah, it's. The newest. Yes, like, yeah, exactly, the latest technology. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, okay, more? what about um, keep it 100? Keep it 100. Yeah. Wow. Being sure? Like a keep it 100. 
Uh, almost, almost. <laughs> it's not. Okay, so could you give an example? Um, all right, so when I'm, when I'm talking to my friends, I like to keep it 100. Oh, I'm I, uh, I, uh, 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 being straight. Yeah, yeah, being straight, being honest. Yeah, uh-huh, 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 yeah. yeah it's true. kind of like keeping it real. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. great. Well, keep it 100. Yeah, keep it 100, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I say, like, uh, I'm, uh, uh, like, uh, oh, no, I guess it's going to be a complicated one. Like, as a, as a synonym to I'm, I'm, I'm an honest or I'm a straightforward person, I'm a keep 100, keep it 100 person. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could say that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, in... English is pretty um, flexible in that way. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty flexible in that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. in a way that's like it's it's in a way it's its biggest weakness and its biggest strength sure. at the yeah. same time. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, um, it's like you know was uh, I know this expression like and you know that as well. Uh, when if you are pessimistic or optimistic person, you and a glass is either half glass empty or half right. glass full yeah. mm-hmm. and you can describe yourself like uh, I'm a half glass full person yeah, yeah, yeah. which uh-huh. means that I'm a pe- uh, optimistic person yeah, yeah I'm a half glass full kind of person yeah mm-hmm. glass of full well um, okay and the last one so the first it was uh, I'm a cutting edge oh yeah to be on, on a cutting, cutting edge, edge. Yeah. yeah the mm-hmm. second I'm a uh, uh, I, I like keeping keep it, it keep it 100 yeah uh, mm-hmm. I keep something 100 yeah and the third one Let's see, what about, um, okay, to keep on the topic of 100, what about um, to, go, to, go, to go from 0 to 100? Oh, it's like when you get, a, you, when you, um, get sparked in a second, like you get irritated. Uh, it doesn't have to be getting irritated. Uh-huh, maybe you get inspired in a second. Mm, it's no. more about... Like, is it negative uh, or positive uh, connotation? It's um, both. It, it could be negative. It could be positive. Well, it, it's um, it's kind of it's a, it's a neutral connotation. It's okay. more like it's usually used to describe situations. So when something very suddenly gets um, suddenly gets suddenly gets extreme or suddenly gets um, well, just suddenly escalates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, that went from zero to a hundred real quick. Yeah. Oh, it's like a skyrocket. Yeah, something like skyrockets. Yeah, okay. uh-huh. goes from zero to a hundred. Yeah, wow. it, it, Very... it goes. Yeah, to from... go from zero to a hundred. To go yeah. from uh-huh. zero to one. Yeah, like uh-huh. that went from, like for example, let's say well, the way we're talking right now, right? Uh-huh. Then all of a sudden I say something and then it just turns into a heated argument. Yeah, <laughs> where we start, where we yeah. exchange blows. Yeah, and it's like, whoa. Um, so our audience is like, whoa, that that went from zero <laughs> to a hundred <laughs> real quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I started the podcast today. <laughs> yeah. Hello, yeah. and I'd like to discuss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You were, <laughs> you went from zero to a hundred. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, later, I'm gonna sort of um, attach this collocation which I used and Kateda used today. And thank you very much, buddy, for joining. Uh, you know this episode. I'm, I hope that it's like we're gonna do a lot of stuff together so that's been mumble podcast thank you for listening and see you soon thank you see you soon thanks mumble podcast